people have other shit they have to do, you know, and there's, there's other priorities and they have maybe kids and they have rent to pay and they have, you know, just stuff going on, you know? And so right. the, the question to me is how do we start to integrate encapsulate what we get from those experiences that you just described and bring that to a person that really like they can't quit their job. Hello and welcome to the physical freedom podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Mead, where it's all about living a pain-free, strong, adventurous life, feeling good in your body so you can show up for the people that matter to you so you can do your best work you can live your purpose in the world and you can ultimately live your best life let's dive into the show all right thanks for joining us everyone i'm here today with the amazing uh, man of many talents the uh the author i guess that's a thing now right that is um, a thing that's the thing, dude. And you, you wrote an awesome book that I'm like, I don't know, 80% of the way through now. And you also help people with uh, structural integration and uh, rehabbing their bodies and getting them moving stronger and better. So thanks for joining me here, Aaron. And I'd love to just hear from your perspective, uh, what's going on for you and how do you, uh, how do you do your work and show up in the world? Oh man. Uh, well, thanks for making time to have the conversation, man. Um, I mean, I could take that question in, in so many different directions. Um, but the thing that I'm, I think noticing presently that I'm the most interested in is how our physical movement is, uh, so deeply entwined with the way that we think and the way that we feel. Um, and that, a hundred percent throughout our day, we're, we're cultivating this human vehicle and, uh, we're in large part, Western culture, I think, um, is missing out on immense amount of opportunities to develop themselves. And so I'm kind of like interested in like picking up all that, the extra money on the table for people in a sense. Yeah. And, and for anyone that, uh, you know, isn't familiar with it already in Aaron's work, um, the align method book, that's right. That's 100% correct. Cool. And you, you call it like five movement principles, um, you know, for, I think it's like stronger body, you know, clear thinking and, and dealing with stress, but stress proof, yeah. stress proof, stress proof life. But it's yeah. really much more than like these five and we can dive into those five movement principles, which I think would be great. But it's, it's really deeper than that. Like you said, it covers everything um, from kind of the moment that you wake up to the moment that you hit the pillow and then even you get into some of the stuff when you're, when you're sleeping too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, so I mean, for the sake of like the experience going with a proper publishing house, that's, you know, they do books for, that's what their, you know, their whole thing is and it needs to sell. And, you know, so you need to tie things into tangible bits, like five movement principles or easy steps or whatever. Um, you know, so that's the, the front that hopefully gets people in the door. But then behind that, essentially what it represents is, um, I was talking to somebody recently and, and I think one of the, the primary things is I think we're so culturally quite dependent on um, like gym fitness for wellness or like my yoga or my Pilates or my physical therapy or my all of these things. Um, and I see another realm where if, if you go to like most any 
third world country or developing country or, you know, just our humanity throughout history, the idea of working out and going to a gym and stuff is, is it's a little like strange. Like I, I enjoy working out for the joy of it and like the meditation of it um, and the community of it. Um, but for the most part, our bodies are equipped with all the tools that we need to heal ourselves and tune our, our organs and our neurology and our, our musculoskeletal system. Um, they're, they're all with us all the time, you know, so that's what the book represents is teaching people how they can start to tap into that. Right. Yeah. No, I'm just kind of nodding my head while you're talking about that. Cause I feel like so much of my work and, and your work and, you know, some of the people that I'm sure that you have on your podcast and I am on my podcast, like we're doing this work because of a lot of what modern, you know, quote unquote, modern culture has, has done to us as how it's shaped our bodies and how it kind of really deprioritizes the health of our bodies. Um, you know, and, you know, whether that's intentional or unintentional, that's kind of the, the state that we're in. And I feel like one of the things that your book represents um, and something that I've tried to do with my work as well is like, how do we take this situation that we find ourselves in, you know, in this landscape that is, you know, kind of artificial in a lot of ways and, and you know, these routines that aren't really, you know, serving us and how do we get back some of that functionality? How do we improve our vitality? How do we move better, feel better, live better, you know, without trying to just kind of reverse where we are right now, right? So many yep. of us, we can't just, you know, start living the other way that we used to. And I think that's, is that a fair assessment kind of like of what your book tries to help people get to do and reshape in their lives? Yeah, I think that could be fair. I, I also uh, really quite enjoy playing like devil's advocate with, you know, how do we get back? Oh, and, me too. You know, the times yeah. were so much better when and we like kind of romanticize hunter gatherers and romanticize like anything that's not us essentially presently. Um, I think there's a lot of value in the present culture as it stands. Um, and I think that we are, you know, if you look at people, you know, when you look at people, you can see somebody, you know, they cut you off in traffic or they, you know, whatever, they're rude to you in a supermarket or what have you. And I think that's an opportunity to see the brightness of that person behind that imbalanced kind of symptom that's manifesting in that moment. You know, but I think behind all of the imbalances, I think people are pretty great. Um, and I think people are pretty compassionate and, and loving. And I think we're, we're fucking doing our best job. Um, you know, it's just, the way that the world, and also for more of a positive note, we've done a, a really flipping good job at outsourcing our need to move. Like, it's kind of like, wow, like, congratulations. Like, that's super cool that we were able to come to a point where at one point we were like being hunted by various different predators in nature. And now we've transitioned that into you can be a dude or lady in your home in some random state in the country and just press buttons on your cell phone and have hunt and gather food to be delivered to your face. It's like, no, it's, whoa. <laughs> no, I know. Like, that it's is like, so cool. How did that happen? It's um, by rad. The way, you can, yeah, you can say fuck on the podcast too. Like we're oh, yeah, yeah, adult, yeah. adult podcast. I don't here, like, so I don't like no saying it all the time. I like uh, saying I know, it for what, I it's, what it's necessary. A little you spice know? in the language. Um, but yeah, man, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. It's pretty 
it's pretty dang fascinating. Um, now I'm like uh, thinking about it. It's pretty dang fascinating though, like what we can do um, with all of the technology and the things that we've developed. And of course there's costs to that and there's trade-offs with everything, but it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome that you don't right. walk outside your front door and there's like, you're not looking around for something to chase you or like, I don't know, kill you. Yeah. But so like, that's super inspiring that we had, that we're able to do that. Um, and it just goes to show how powerful the, the human animal is um, and our potential. Like if you can visualize it, you can create that stuff. And our present existence is just a, a, a testament to that. It's like, it's, it's, it's crazy that you have access to all of human history's knowledge in your pocket right now. Like it's, it's, it's very cool. Uh, but then within that, we, some of the, the parts that we didn't really anticipate, um, I think is like, oh, I didn't realize that, you know, being cold sometimes and having our body raise its internal temperature uh, in order to heat ourselves up is actually, well, it's actually kind of like a little workout. It actually heals us at a cellular level. Oh, and being hot and doing the inverse is the same thing. Oh, and using our eye muscles to look out into the distance and look up into the trees and go panoramic vision and then go myopic vision and then back into panoramic and then I'm looking 20 feet, 40 feet, and 80 feet. Uh, wow, that's like I'm, I'm dancing my eyes. I'm like eye yoga-ing myself, which is tied into my autonomic state, you know, my, the, the, the way that I, I think and the way that I feel and the function of my physiology. Um, oh, man, walking across the savanna or walking across the desert or wherever, through the mountains. Like I'm literally massaging my viscera. And I'm literally, you know, I'm, I'm integrating my, the hemispheres of my brain. And I'm, I'm like, I'm healing my body through doing those systems that have been onboard tuning mechanisms since the beginning of you being, you being, you know, right. and, uh, you know, so that's where it's like, okay, okay. So this is cool. Like we're really smart. We can do amazing things. If you can visualize it, you can create it. Um, comma, we, some of this movement stuff, it, it kind of, I think we took it for granted and, and our goal was like, okay, this movement stuff's tiring. I'm over it. And we've gone too far. Now it's like, okay, how do we maintain the amazing things that we've created? Um, while tying back some of those ancestral roots in a way that doesn't look too weird and creepy, you know? And so that's what the book, that's what the book is, is I'm not saying burn your couch. I'm not saying you need to wear five finger shoes. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying wear heels. Um, just recognize that they're a tool. You know, they've been a tool since the beginning of, you know, Egyptian times, butchers wearing them to keep their, their feet up out of, out of blood while, while cutting up animals or Persian times with soldiers on horseback and riding and shooting their bow and the, the heel helped them be able to keep the foot in position while they were drawing the bow back or, you know, it could have been through like the, the French, or I think it was like King Henry, I've written the book, King Henry the 12th, I think it was. Um, his, he and his cabinet would have the highest heels as an indication of their status. You know, it's like, okay, cool. It's been a, a tool for a long time to represent something or to actually have like a utilitarian effect. It still is. You know, it's, it's now it's the tool to like make your booty pop and make your legs feel a certain way and make you feel taller and like higher status and all that. Um, don't get rid of it. Just realize that it's a tool. And if you overuse the tool, it might start to kind of um, shape right. you in a way that you weren't anticipating in That's relationship great. with all of this, as opposed to if you get too high and mighty about um, just like tearing down the present mold as it is, uh, for the most part, it's like too much too fast. 
You know, so what the book represents is giving people an opportunity to gain a, a more healthy relationship with the present mold as it stands. Right. Yeah. It's the book that I wish that I had honestly, like, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago when I inadvertently, I, I didn't even, in, you know, it wasn't intentional at all. I wasn't looking out for it, but I was so stuck in an office job, just kind of hating my life. And um, I was trying to build a business on the side and I found this martial arts teacher. This is something I don't know if we have actually talked about Aaron, but I found this martial arts teacher cause I was looking for Wing Chun, but I couldn't find a good Wing Chun teacher, but I did find a Jeet Kune Do teacher. Mm. And I thought that would be the next best thing. Little did I realize it was actually, uh, now I believe like actually much more dynamic and interesting than if I just did Wing Chun, no offense to Wing Chun, but my martial arts teacher at the time, he was into you know, barefoot hiking. He was into hanging the gymnastic rings on the trees, you know, going up to the tops of the San Gabriel mountains down in LA and, um, you know, doing these really awesome things. And I was stoked. Like, I was like, hell yeah, sign me up. Of course I was 23 years old at the time too. Like had no idea even what like mobility was. Um, so I just threw off my shoes and started running up these uh, hills barefoot, trying to keep up with him. Like, cause my ego was all like, I can do this. I can be like Bruce Lee. Um, but I just got a bunch of stress fractures in my feet that I'm still trying to, you know, rehab from. So yeah, progressions, I think is the point I'm trying to make is like, that can be, that can be helpful and it can be useful to have some kind of like stepping stones that help you. Yeah. Kind of yeah it's huge. Totally. Yeah. And also, yeah, it's like, there's just so, I think that's great that that exists. And those are all things that I think both you and I share that we're both like a big, you know, hell yeah to like, yes, like all those things, like, let's go do that. That would be great. Um, and I can acknowledge and respect that for the, for the most part, um, people have other shit they have to do, you know, and there's, there's other priorities and they have maybe kids and they have rent to pay and they have, you know, just stuff going on. You know, and so right. the question to me is how do we start to integrate, encapsulate what we get from those experiences that you just described and bring that to a person that really like they can't quit their job, <laughs> you know, like their, their nine to five job that's kind of soul sucking presently, nothing wrong with nine to five, but soul sucking is more of a bummer. Um, if that's the case, uh, presently, ideally they need to transition away from that into something that they're more passionate about. But at the moment, you know, they have a, maybe a baby on the way and they have rent to pay and they have like these bills and the credit cards and they got, you know, it's like for that, that's the person I care about. You know, the people that have the spaciousness, spaciousness in their life to like hike up to the top of a holy mountain and gather spring water and like bless their friends with it or whatever. I'm like, cool. They're taken care of. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need that little tweak of that. Like, hey, man, the put the band stuff. a little bit to the left and yeah. like externally rotate. The, like, yeah. If yeah, you're yeah. oming on top of a tall, holy mountain right now, the book's not for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really, I think, I, I, and honestly, I think that people, those people actually probably be like the main raving audience for the book. But nonetheless, like it's because we like to hear what we already know. Sure. And so, uh, yeah, but the book's written for the person that's like, yeah, man, like I have life to take care of, you know, I don't have time for this getting naked and howling at the moon stuff right now. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's so great. Like that, you know, you are writing this book that while for some people like myself and, you know, we, I'm sure we could, you know, 
name, you know, dozens of other uh, of our friends and peers and things like that, that it is kind of more confirmation um, of the things that we already love and do. And maybe we get some little nuances and distinctions out of it, but we're, we're practicing more of the things that we know. This is a book more for like the average everyday person wants to move better, wants to feel better, needs a place to start. And one of the things that I love that you that you quote, uh, which it comes from your background, right, in, in rolfing and structural integration, is from Ida, Ida Rolf, who's, you know, one of the teachers I look up to. And she said, and this is from the first chapter of the book, uh, the way you walk through a room is the way you walk through life. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love that quote. It's something that inspires me of, you know, you know, going deeper into my movement practice. But I like that you are writing this book for the everyday person, but then you're kind of inviting them also to go a little bit deeper and, you know, go more into like, how does movement influence and impact every area of your life? And you do a good job of backing that up with science and, you know, statistics and all that good stuff. But could you talk a little bit more about like, what was your thought process behind that aspect of things? Why not just leave it at the kind of mechanical, structural, you know, regular everyday level? Yeah. Well, I like the idea. A, a large intention or one of the primary intentions of the book was to plant the seed in people that your whole entire day, every word that you speak is a song, you know, and every movement that you make is a dance. And because you're sitting in a desk and you're not presently working out or doing fitness or yoga or Pilates or dancing, you're like, Oh, this is off. This is off time. I'm just, I'm, you know, looking at my phone, I'm doing computer work. And I'm like, it's like, no, no, you're, you're, that's an expression that you are cultivating in your body. And for the most part, you know, if there's like the photographer that, that removed cell phones from people's hands with Photoshop and you took it like couples in bed and people hanging out at the bus stop or whatever. Mechanically, what oh, you wow. see in that, that person really it just looks like a bunch of sad people is what it looks like. All right. Oh God. You know, and so, and so it's like, Oh, the heads, like just people listening now, I like, think like, Hey, think about a really sad thing that's happened to you in your life. You know, have a moment like, Oh man, my, my dog died or, you know, whatever. Um, what is the postural expression of that? Well, I mean, your head might kind of slump forward. Your shoulders might immediately rotate. Your spine might go more into like deeper and like, like hyperkyphotic or kind of hunched forward position. Maybe your knees knock in like a valgus position. You essentially experience collapse throughout your joints. Well, what we're doing throughout the day, we're doing this like collapse dance. You know, while we're at work, we're sitting, maybe it's like, oh, I'm tired, hunching over the desk. You know, same thing when we're sitting at the, you know, we're just looking at the phone, all, you, you get it. Um, you know, so realizing like, okay, like I'm, I'm always dancing. All right. So I, I'm always expressing some meaning in my motion. What if I start to become, you know, bear witness to the meaning of my various motions through the day and just kind of like audit myself, you know, throughout the day, what does do I express a posture of confidence, of creativity, of, you know, autonomy, of strength, of, you know, being like a, a, a tribal member, you know, connected to a, to a community bigger than myself? Like, is that how I look? Or is my movement for the most part one of maybe being more closed off, uh, maybe more uh, collapsed, uh, maybe more contracted, um, any of those things? You know, and so if we start to really get honest with ourselves and have like a come to Jesus moment of like, what, 
is the meaning of my movement? Like what, what am I expressing to myself and the world around me? Um, you know, it's just an interesting question to ask. Hopefully for most people listening to this, they're like, I'm expressing all the good things, you know, I'm doing a good job. Right. Yeah. yeah no, that's really beautifully said. Every word can be a song. Every, um, what was the second part? Every movement's a dance, you know, and the, and the word with the song, like we're yeah. tuning each other's nervous systems right now. You know, like I'm, I'm noticing in this conversation, I'm a little bit being a little bit more like verbose than is necessary. I could, I could consolidate most of these messages in a little bit tighter, tighter language, I think. Um, you know, and so I'm, I'm, I'm like tracking that. Um, and I'm also tracking the, the tone of our voices and the, the pacing of our communication. You know, so I'm tuning your nervous system. And as are you tuning mine based off of the sounds that we make to each other? You know, so there's mm. an interesting study that was, I have it in the book as well. Albert Morabian, UCLA guy, professors in the 70s, a study came out, the 5538 principle is a thing that they devised which is what it means is 55% of our communication comes from our body language. Then 38 is our tonality. And then seven is the actual words coming out of our face. And so if there's any incongruence between our body language, our tone with the words that we say with 93% consistency, I think it's actually much more than that. um, Others, including ourselves will trust the tone and the body language more than the actual words. So we think you can say a thing. Like I was just at the grocery store a second ago. I live in LA and you know, something that's very almost like a, I think almost like an epidemic is the need to, and this could be my own projection. I could be totally wrong about this. Um, but the need to kind of project as though you're doing really great, you know, and my life is just magical. And, you know, Alan Watts calls it, it's like everybody's playing the same game. It's, it's called my game is more interesting than your game. You know, and so when you go mm-hmm. and you talk to somebody at the grocery, I just had this moment with somebody and I was like, she seemed a little tired, I guess. That's kind of the, like my sense, which I could have been totally misreading. You know, I, I take full responsibility for, you know, whatever I could have been, it could have been all me. I'm, I was off. Um, and I was like, Hey, how are you doing? She's like, Oh, everything's just like magical and amazing. And like all these things. And I'm like, I kind of wanted to, you're like, really? Are you sure? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, like I'll love you the same, whether you tell me you feel like really tired or you've had a rough day or, you know, whatever, like I'll, I'll actually even love you more because now we can actually meet each other where we're at. Um, you know, and so what we're coming, and again, this could be my total mystery, but just in general, it's the thing that I think most people could resonate with, um, that need to show up and tell people how great you are because of perhaps a fear that if you are not great, then they will not be interested in maybe spending time with you because we want to hang around winners. But in reality, whether you realize it or not, no one really cares that much about the things that you say. They care about the way that you show up in that conversation and the way that you show up in that conversation is how you physically move. Um, the tone of your voice, the pacing of your language, um, you know, and that includes like, you know, your, the, the, um, like looking at like Ayurvedic medicine or Chinese medicine, like looking at, uh, the quality of someone's tongue or their, their eyes or their skin, you know, that's the suppleness of their connective tissue. All of those are indicators that we are reading, um, that m- some people might not have like the language for it, but that's what we're watching. You know, you're watching right. the colors of clothing that the person is choosing. All of that, you're you're seeing a person's history. 
Anyways, that's a lot of words. No, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking about all the different ways that like, yeah, we can, we can think that we're projecting something or, you know, we're, we're afraid of the way someone might respond to us, right? If we're not great all the time, but actually like we're missing so many opportunities to potentially connect with people. Like you said, like you might have an opportunity of deeper connection with someone if they were really just being real with where they're at and in touch with where they're at and then able to express that, that's an opportunity for empathy. That's an opportunity for connection. And then the other thing that strikes me about that too is like when you're able to be with where you are, it's a lot easier to make other choices if you wanted to shift that. Or if you wanted to change that, but if you're always trying to just like, I'm great or look at, you know, the artificial posture thing, you know, um, you're kind of trying to like put like frosting on top of a, like a fish sandwich, you know, and be like, Hey, it's it's like a moldy fish sandwich. It's not like lipstick on a pig. Yes. There, there you go. You know, pigs can be beautiful too. Oh, pigs are beautiful. Well, that's the thing. And that's kind of like, the, you know, you keep going into that metaphor and you keep like pulling it out. It's like, yeah, the pig is beautiful, man. You know, like where the sooner that you, and it's not even about relationship with other people, you know, like your relationship with other people is directly correlative to your depth of relationship with yourself. And as long as you're moving through the world with this duplicit personality of, okay, I project out that I'm doing this because I need people to think that I feel this way, but internally I feel this way. Um, and you get in that habit you perhaps may be like spiritually bypassing or whatever kind of language bypassing, uh, your actual felt state. And you're not actually feeling those things to allow them to, to, to process themselves out. You know, so mm. the sooner that we can be honest with ourselves, like, you know, what, this is fucking where I'm at. <laughs> you're like, Whoa. Yeah. All right cool. That's, let's talk about it. Let's like, Oh wow. You're like, you're crying. Fuck. I don't know how to handle this, but okay. Mm. Like you're teaching me how to process emotion right now. I don't even know what to do, but like you're my teacher all of a sudden because you're being completely authentic with how you feel. I was raped. You know, I wasn't personally, I don't think maybe you never know with repression, you know, but like that's some heavy shit. You know, and there's, I did a podcast with a woman yesterday called Sean Korn. That's like this renowned yoga teacher person that she's just great. And she was, mm-hmm. uh, her, a part of her story. She was raped when she was six and then she developed this uh, obsessive compulsive thing when she was seven and her family noticed that she was very like adult, like, you know, which we would applaud in culture, you know, because like, wow, she's like eight years old and she's like this little adult, you know, she's really put together and she's like, she just carries herself in a way that's so organized and whatnot. It's like, meanwhile, what we don't realize perhaps with not Sean specifically, but a person is that they may be busting at the seams, you know, but they're, that their seams are held tight, you know, and you, you pull the tie up and you zip your pants and you you put yourself into this container. Um, but, you know, it's like a, I think it's a, it's a shield volcano, the one that oozes. Anyways, there's oh, like the oozing volcano. Yeah, whatever. Uh, there's like all the oozing volcanoes, volcanoes versus regular volcanoes to me. Yeah, exactly. No, there's different kinds. So, so there's like, I think it's a shield volcano. It's the kind of uh, uh, like that oozes, you know, so if you can be a more of like that volcano that is comfortable enough with yourself to be honest with where you're at in the present moment and ooze out whatever it needs to ooze out as opposed to bottling it up um, in your postural patterns. 
slash emotional patterns because I think they're the they're the same thing. Um, that's a, a healthier volcano to build a house on on the side of, you know. Right. But if you're a person that's all zipped up and wow, wow, you're just you're so adult like and you're like organized and you're putting you, you never say the wrong thing and you never look the wrong way and like wow. Um, oftentimes those are the people that, uh, I think are, we just need to watch, you know, and be like, okay, like where's, you know, what's this going to look like in five years, you know? Right. Yeah. And it always gets expressed through the body and, um, you know, one way or another, whether you're really tightly wound up or, you know, overly lax and kind of slumped over. And that's one of the things that I appreciated too, of just kind of, um, giving people kind of a sense of how um, in the book where you're, you're going through the different archetypes of, mm-hmm. you know, you know, of course, and they're all caricatures, right? Like there's sure. like many different ones that we could probably go into, but um, if you're able to at least get a sense for yourself too, like, and ha- bring some self-awareness into it of like, Oh, this is my habitual way of kind of uh, orienting myself or organizing myself. And, Oh, that's interesting that I'm doing that. And just bringing curiosity to it. Cause I think sometimes we can have so much judgment and stories and shame and, you know, things that we pile on top of the thing. And then we just, you know, make it even harder to change. And, you know, we, you know, we're trying to be not like that, but bringing some curiosity and awareness to it, I think then we can start to like, be like, Oh yeah, this, um, you know, this tool or, you know, doing this band, you know, exercise, which you have so many great ones. Um, like that might be the thing that is, you know, helpful for me. And then you can experiment with it. Um, and that's the thing I'm always trying to, you know, encourage the folks that I work with is to, is like, you know, bring awareness to what's going on for you, but then like treat it as an experiment. Like what would happen if I tried something different? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so all the, the band exercises in the book, which is like, it's much more than just band exercise, obviously, but um, I, I look at those as opportunities to plant, you know, it's like every Oak tree started off as just like a little, you know, a little seed at some point. Like I look at those exercises as opportunities to trickle into something much bigger and stem into, you know, your uh, sense of confidence and sense of, uh, creativity and sense of like feeling just spacious and at home and in your body and in, you know, everything beyond that, you know, and so if someone, for example, their shoulders are chronically like rolled forward or they have tension in you know, like carpal tunnel syndrome or some tension in the wrists or their neck is always kind of crimpled up and their traps are engaged or the, you know, the, the, the master muscles or the, you know, all these muscles around our face are like <clears throat> clamped down what that will translate to because your physical body is directly tied into your emotional state, mental state, physiological state. Uh, those muscles, particularly like scalenes, all those muscles around the neck I'm referring to, those are directly tied back again, as I mentioned before, into that your autonomic state. So when you go into a place of, Oh, I'm, I'm afraid or I'm about to fight or I'm angry. You'll feel those muscles <laughs> clench up feel the traps of most people when you walk around like any like cubicle setting and just like put a hand up on their trap and give them a little massage. They're like, Oh man, yeah, more, more. Oh, you know, right, cause those muscles are here all day. Yeah. Please, please unwind this stress that I'm carrying in my neck and my shoulders and my back. 
you know, and what that does is you start to unwind that is that that trickles into a signal into their deeper belt states uh, that, oh, okay, cool, I'm relaxed. You know, so if we can kind of hack that, you know, your, your, your mechanics, your physical movement system, uh, or the, the, the tone of your muscles, um, then that will, that is it, one of the entry points into the way that you feel in your body um, and in your mind. You know, and then the other direction that you could come from. So I suggest people like do these, you know, band exercises or these, you know, spend time on the ground or hang or, you know, whatever. Um, and another angle that you come from, and there's a chapter in the book all about mindfulness is you'll go from the other, another door, which is, okay, if I augment my belief system of this moment and all of a sudden I'm not taking life as seriously as I was for whatever reason. I had this conversation or I had a, a near-death experience on the way here. I was going to car accident or you know, maybe a psychedelic experience or maybe you know, just a, a talk therapy session or something like that. I augment the filter that I go into that work experience that all of a sudden, you know what, this is, you know, this is just a fun game we're playing here. You know, I'm, what am I so stressed? I'm wasting my life being stressed out. Like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm like, I like hit my dog recently. Not me. I don't even own a dog, you know, but, but whatever. Like, <laughs> no, I, like that's, that's I have, when it gets really bad. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know really beautiful people that like, they have a, a history of like, yeah, dude, I was, I like, you know, I, I, like hit my dog as I was mad at him. And they're like these beautiful people, you know, it's like, that's, right. that's What's your filter on, on the world that you're under attack, you know? And so that would be another angle that one could come from is, change their filter of the world that you know what maybe life isn't a a war zone you know maybe life is kind of more of this dance or this game and things feel stressful right now but perhaps you can change your perception to make those more of like a hermetic stress and something that you can lean into and and build from and now all of a sudden wow that's interesting my traps aren't as tight fascinating you know Mm -hmm. so we're it's just we have so many different entryways in all that really matters is that you enter it doesn't right. really matter exactly where, you know, and then people that are, you know, selling this or that will tend to stand on top of the mountain and say, like, I have the entryway, you know, pay me this money and take my right. course and, and like the magic have the entry. Yeah, that's not true. Um, there are many, many entryways. What really matters is just that you like start getting interested, you know, and you start just like watching, you know, observe, you know, and from there, all of a sudden, I think like the doors start to open up a little more. Right. Yeah. I love that you brought that up too, because, you know, there's so many great, honestly, amazing things that you get into in this book. Like um, you get into your eye health, eye movement, sleep, um, you get into sound and your vocal expression. Of course, you talk about posture and, you know, different habits. You mentioned a few of them like floor sitting and hanging and hip hinging and um, so many great things, but it can feel, I think sometimes kind of like, oh, I need to change all of these things now. Right. No, uh-uh. I need it's to optional. do all of them. Otherwise no. I'm not doing it right. Right. You know, or I'm not doing enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in the, in the audio book, I do like a podcast interlude, podcast style interlude, um, in between each section. Um, that's like the big thing. One of the things that we mentioned in that is it like this book is presented to you as a poo-poo platter of all of the doorways that I've gathered to be meaning to, to be meaning to be meaningful enough uh, to put into this you know 250 pages that we had space for um, you know and so that's 
five years of doing the podcast and 16 years of working with clients. And then I also had a co-writer as well that, that helped me with. So his whole history is like co-written with Kelly Starrett and Pavel Satsulin and Laird Hamilton. He's just like, he's, you know, he had, it was a whole breadth of knowledge as well. Right. So it's like, okay, what can we consolidate? What are the, the meaningful entry ways that we can put into here and put them in really like simplified terms uh, for people to just have options because my options that resonate the most with me will be different than you. And for both of us, I almost guarantee it will be different than the ones that resonate with either of our moms. You know, so it's like, let's put that together so that I can give this book to my parents or my grandparents. And also, you know, my, my friend's son that's just graduating high school. Right. Yeah. Is there anything from the book that you wish someone asked you about or that you wish you got a chance to talk about more that you're just like super geeky, <laughs> excited about that you want to share? I don't think so, man. I talk too much. I'm getting tired of it. <laughs> no, I'm no. serious. Like my, my dream for a while is starting to come into fruition, which is very fascinating to observe, like back to this whole like theme of observation. And um, yeah, I'm like, legitimately getting tired of hearing myself talk, which is, I think, like a great step because I think I've been very self, uh, just selfish, self-focused, self-indulged for most of my life um, because of a place of feeling like maybe coming from like more of a victim mentality or scarcity or, you know, maybe life is like a war zone. You got to figure your shit out because winter is coming. And, um, yeah. you know, and so I, I, I think I'm, I'm, the book has been like a spiritual process in a sense for me because um, a lot of cool things have happened along with it. And uh, a part of that is just feeling more like secure, stable, safe, um, especially with like my contribution to the world. And, you know, I feel kind of like, I feel like supported by the tribe, you could say presently. Like if I, if I live my life and do like live my best life, you know, and I'm authentic and honest and just exploring what, you know, what, what, what heals this human experience that I'm kind of going through. And I share that and I'm like, cool, it, it feels like I'm actually being supported by the tribe. Um, and within that, it's, it's causing me to feel uh, less inclined to want to kind of, you know, sing at, at the rooftops about this or that. It's kind of causing me to be a little bit more just like comfortable with silence. Um, you know, so, I mean, maybe that the value of silence, yeah. I guess, <laughs> mm, there you go, but you no, can't talk so about we silence. You found, found it. You could have just responded by just being, like saying yeah. nothing for yeah. like 30 like, seconds. And just take that. Take that. It's like, is this podcast episode over? Yeah. Um, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's, I think that that's a, a cool sensation that I wish for, you know, anybody to like, you know, like a fool who persists in their folly will eventually become wise kind of thing. And I, I think that getting to a point of like just talking yourself out um, mm. is is valuable. You know, moneying yourself out is valuable. Powering yourself out is valuable. Uh, you know, get to the end of that mountain that you thought contained all of the prizes and joy and safety and connection. Um, get to the top of that. Realize that was probably not it. Um, you know, and then you're like, okay, cool. Like I can maybe chill the freak out a little bit. You know, focus on something that's more less about me and more about, um, supporting, helping others, you know, and that's, that's what I'm, I'm realizing presently is, is the most inspiring is how do I take what I've gotten over the last, my whole life, I think essentially of being more self-focused and how do I turn that light out 
and focus that more on like truly um, raising others up, you know, yeah. and that's kind of what I'm, 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 I'm turning, I'm turning my light presently. I'm in process. Uh, I'm, I'm really inspired by your journey with that too. And, you know, I'm glad that you were selfish for so long because you came up with a lot of really great stuff of working on yourself and, and focusing on yourself. And now you're able to give that back to people. And I think a lot of people, they, they don't focus on themselves enough. Um, and they're always trying to give from an empty cup. So I'm glad that you're, you're coming from that place now, man. And yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah man. Takes balance. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. We're coming up uh, almost to the time and I just, uh, I appreciate your time so much, Aaron, and you making the space to sit down and have this conversation with me. And the last thing I want to end with, we always end this show with um, either an invitation or a challenge that you want to give people to take everything that they've learned or, um, you know, been inspired by and turn it into something tangible. So what's mm-hmm. a, What's an invitation or a challenge you want to leave hmm. folks with? Well, I think two challenges because I, I, I tend to veer towards like, like the metaphysical type stuff. And then also I like to have like the mechanical Western stuff. Um, so that more like the metaphysical, uh, less tangible bits would be when you walk into the street in the world today, tomorrow, this week, uh, start to observe people, adults, as children uh, and start to observe them as like, I've, I've heard like they're like uh, babies wearing adult costumes. You know, when you see somebody like we mentioned in the, in the very beginning, there's someone that's like expressing some trait that you don't really value. You're like, Oh, it's that person's a jerk or that person's, they cut me off or they're, you know, any, any of that stuff. Um, see them as, as acting out. Like if that was like your three-year-old kid, and you saw them do something kind of nasty that you didn't like, you'd be able to track back where they cultivated or formed that personality trait that you're like, oh crap, like man, you know, behind that trait, they're this like really sweet, loving, nurturing human being. And now they've learned this trait, this new trait that's kind of like, you know, it's not so nice to have at a dinner party. Um, you know, so just uh, ha- take that challenge of just kind of start starting to observe adults as being children because in large part you know we're children running on we're adults running on patterns that we learned you know like pre five um and then the other more tangible thing would be um this week you could start uh one of two things hang each day for 90 seconds total would be an option or and or um spend time on the ground uh, you know, so throughout the day, like right now I, I recorded this whole entire thing. I'm sitting on the ground. I have the, the, the computer up on a coffee table. Um, and so I'm in a 90, 90, 90 position right now. I've been switching my legs going in a, out of different positions like that straddles, Vikasana. um, you know, so incorporate at least 30 minutes of ground time each day. So make it comfortable, get like a comfy rug, get foam rollers down there get poofs or cushions or floor pillows or whatever, uh, make it really inhabitable. And uh, that'd be it. I, I gave you three. I apologize. Yes, for one. Three. There you go. Overachiever, man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, no, that's great. I appreciate it. Like, uh, spend more time on the floor, guys. Spend more time hanging. Move your body. Um, beautifully, beautifully said. Thank you so much, Aaron, for being on the show. Um, everyone, the Align Method book. Highly recommend you pick up a copy. It's on uh, Amazon, of course, and then Audible as well, right? 
That is correct. Yeah. And then I regularly post tidbits about this on my Instagram line podcast. And then also I'm doing, I'm going through on my own podcast, going through, uh, I'm breaking down each chapter. Um, so tomorrow's episode is going to be about, about being on the floor. Last week was like travel hacks and all that stuff. So perfect timing. Perfect timing. All right. Check it out. Well, I, I, uh, encourage everyone to go check it out and thank you so much, Aaron. Uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. We'll have to have you back and break down some more fun, geeky stuff and, uh, hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Aaron Alexander. Check out his book, the align method at Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Uh, You can also go to uncagedhuman.com and check out the show notes for each episode. There's also a way to subscribe for email updates on there as well. Um, And if you haven't, subscribe to the show. Uh, You know, leave us a rating and review. It helps tremendously in getting the show out there to more people. And I don't know about you, but I think the world needs, you know, people to be more embodied and um, to be moving and feeling better. So... If you believe that too, please uh, leave a rating and review. It really helps us out a lot. helps us get the show out to more people and higher in the rankings and all that good stuff. Uh, Next week, we have a really fun show lined up with John Yuen, one of my um, movement teachers and absolute amazing human being. I am incredibly excited for this episode, you guys. It was incredible to talk to John Um, He's just full of wisdom and we talked about some interesting things. One of them is the importance of labeling yourself. I mean, isn't labeling supposed to be a bad thing? Well, you'll have to tune in next Wednesday to hear all about that. I'm not going to give it away for you, Um, but I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will see you next Wednesday. Keep moving.